This is the Sales Gravy Podcast. Hi, I'm Jeb Blunt, best-selling author of Fanatical Prospecting Objections, Sales EQ, and Inc. And I'm here to help you open more doors, close bigger deals, and rock your commission check. Welcome back to another episode of the Sales Gravy Podcast. I'm here with Claire Dorian. Did I say that right? You did. Perfect. You it. Claire is the CMO of Sugar CRM, one of my favorite CRM platforms. And we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about what it means to be a CMO and working with a sales organization, especially a global sales organization, and how sales and marketing today are forced to work together in tandem in order to generate leads, generate sales, and build pipeline. Before we get started, I want you to go check out Sales Gravy University. Sales Gravy University is where companies around the globe come to learn the skill of selling. And you can take your very first course free at Sales Gravy University. Just go to learn.salesgravy.com. That's learn.salesgravy.com and use the code free course. So we're here at your SKO in Atlanta, Georgia. You've got people from all over the globe, like 200 people who have come from the cities from everywhere. It's the very first time you've been together in three years. Mm -hmm. And you, uh, you hired me to MC this event, which is just, I don't know what anybody would hire me to MC anything. Um, I'm, I'm known to have early onset dementia, so I'm probably going to forget <laughs> all your bullet points. Well, you're going to be in good company <laughs> but, because but this I, is a sales conference. Right. But I feel, I, feel, um, I feel grateful to be here. I, I, the joy that, that I can see in everybody's face of getting your team together for the first time after the three years of being away, you can, you can just feel the energy. You really can. I think it's, you know, expectations are high. I think, you know, for us, luckily enough, you know, the content matters, but I think it's the relationship piece and getting to meet all these faces that we've seen in sort of <laughs> 10 inch square Zoom sessions, right? Um, it, it's been already, we haven't even kicked off yet. And, um, and to see everybody's faces, um, getting to know one another, because at the end of the day, we're in the relationship business, right? Both in marketing and sales and, and ironically in, in the market that we operate it in, you know, it's in the title, CRM. So it matters and, and it's long overdue. It's long overdue. So one of the things I love about Sugar CRM is your insane focus on the customer. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're from top to bottom, there's this drive to provide a, a level of customer experience and customer service that 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 frankly a lot of companies in the space just don't. There, there's a there's a, a form someplace that you can fill out and maybe someone will talk to you. Tell me how a focus on human relationships, especially in a world where tech seems to be pushing us further and further away from that, how that is a differentiating factor for your organization and how uh, you use it from a marketing standpoint yeah. to generate more leads and, uh, and, and get in more doors. So, you know, the CRM market has been around for two decades. And let's face it, it has a really bad reputation. And um, at the end of the day, you can only be as successful with technology if you have the right people to know what it is that that technology is designed to do, but know where the boundaries of that technology live. So that's the first thing. And I think in a market where, as any vendor, you're looking for points of differentiation, we operate in a market with Goliaths. And what we have to our advantage is we're not a Goliath, so we can be nimble, we can care more, we can give access to our people in a way that a Goliath can't. And so very early on in our journey, pre-me, um, 
our founder, Clint Oram, our strategy, our chief strategy officer, he very quickly glommed on to the idea that, you know, our people make a difference and can make a difference mm. in the market that we operate in. And so from top down, bottom up, it's ingrained um, from the way that we recruit um, to the way that we collaborate. And, and I think that that shows, right? And from a marketing perspective, um, there's nothing I love more than to use to our advantage how customers feel about mm. the level of service that they get, the engagement that they get with the people, not just sugars, but the extended communi mm. community of sugars, you know, our partners, our ISVs, our resellers. Um, and so, you know, for us, it's a really important differentiator um, in our marketing and go to market, but it's also imp an important DNA of our culture. And I think it's when those two things collide that that's when we're fortunate enough to be in the position where competitors sort of look at us and go, oh, <laughs> because they can't, um, they can't be as nimble and they can't afford to give access in a way that we can to executive, for example, in a sales cycle. Yeah. Well, I think that the, you know, when it comes to customer experience, like this, this decision yeah. that you're going to be there for your customer. Totally. Like I've, I work with companies across the, the spectrum of industries who do that. I work with other companies that don't, but the companies that do that, it is ingrained in their DNA. It's, it's, not, a, it's not a customer's always right mentality. No. It's a customer's always first mentality. And there's a big difference in that. And I think, the, I think the same thing extends to sales professionals as well, is helping sales professionals understand that it's a prospect, not a customer yet, but that, that prospect's emotional experience with you as they go through their journey and your journey is a more consistent predictor of outcome of any other variable. 1,000%, and you ask, and you know, we've all been on the receiving, receiving end of one sales pitch or another, right, in our lifetime. Which are the ones that you remember? right the ones where the people that you were engaged with had an emotional connection with you yes the price had to be right yes the product had to fit and meet with your mm -hmm. requirements but the differentiation was when the moment was memorable when the experience was memorable and that we're in the business of that and so if we can't practice what we preach we're in trouble very good i love it's that it is that memory this uh, you know one of the things i believe about customer experience is that it's making it easy and pleasurable for people yeah. to do business with you and both of those things Matter. are memorable yeah. and those those memories are cumulative like every experience every time yeah. they touch somebody in your organization those things add up and that's what what creates customer loyalty and long-term retention and of course as a CRM organization with multiple facets, it's the ability to expand through the organization and displace your competitors who have different silos in that company like marketing or customer service or right. sales. So switching gears to mm -hmm. this, uh, the way that marketing and sales has really, the last 20 years have just been a complete evolution, a revolution really, that's probably a better way of saying that, of sales and marketing. Today we're more connected at the hip yeah. than any time prior. And people are always surprised when I explain that the, 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 the position in the organization that hires my company, Sales mm -hmm. Gravy, to come and deliver training more often than any other executive position is the CMO. <laughs> <laughs> what does that say about us then, then Jeff? Well, what it, what it is is that the CMOs are so responsible, have so much pressure to create inbound leads yep. that build pipe that you're being measured against what the sales organization does with the leads and you have li very little control over that. So the CMOs who recognize how much money they're spending on bringing the leads in or creating that opportunity at those open doors, there's there's this this realization that if you're if you're not tied directly to the sales organization and driving 
their activity, then it's going to impact your ability to deliver on your goals. And likewise, if they're not direct, you know, directly tied to you and giving you feedback on what totally. you're doing, they're not going to be able to achieve their goals. You know, we talk a lot at Sugar about one team, one mission. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, we are in it together. You know, there are some organizations who load the marketing team up with, you are 100% responsible for pipe. We're not one of them. Why? Because it's a team sport. And so, you know, yes, I have, and my team has um, a demand generation goal that we work to, but so do sales and so do our partners. And I think, you know, when you are aligned in a way that starts with your goals and your KPIs, and you stack up the programs and the initiatives underneath that everybody understands and that everybody is supportive of, that's how you get the partnership. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you just got to stop lobbing stuff, Mark. <laughs> Anybody out there in marketing that's lobbing stuff over the fence to their sales friends, you, you're not really setting yourself up for success. So it's really that analogy of the rowboat, everybody rowing yeah. uh, in the same direction. Yeah. There was a, a study done, and I think it was at Stanford University, but they, these scientists got, you know, like crews, you know, mm -hmm. the rowboats, and they got, they got a computer, a robot, basically to row both boats, and they, they put one just a little bit like you can't even tell out of synchronicity with the, with the, all the rowers rowing together. Yes. And that boat was 8% slower than the, the, the boat that everybody was in, uh, in synchronous together. But over the course of a race, over the long haul, mm -hmm. the other boat fell behind way further than 8%. So you're exactly right, getting everybody working together, which is tough in a modern organization because it's so easy when things aren't going well to go, it's everybody's fault but mine. And also I think it got a lot tougher the last few years, right? When we're all so much more distributed than we have ever, ever been. And I say that intentionally because I think sales as an organization, you know, you guys have been used to being on the road, you know, in and out of customer site, having to deal with your forecast and right. figure out, oh, right, I need to send out that communication to that customer or that prospect, you know, while you're on the go certain marketing functions less so. And so I think, you know, what the last couple of years have taught us as a marketing team, um, and I think as a marketing discipline, um, is, a, is, a, is an understanding um, that there was a level playing field for us all because mm -hmm. we were all at home, you know? Our, our kitchen was our office, <laughs> you know? Unfortunately um, for me, because it was under construction at the time. Um, and so I think there was a level playing field like we've never had before, and I think, you know, certain organizations took advantage of that. Um, so let me throw something out. You may have yeah. a, a different opinion on this, but I feel like what happened starting in 2020 mm -hmm. was 2020, 2021 primarily showed us the limitation of inbound lead gen. So the, the organizations were bumping into the wall. So our phones began ringing off the hook. We, we've always been known for fanatical prospecting. We mm -hmm. kind of own that space, but we were getting just inundated by calls. We were, we were working at a pace that frankly, at the end of 2021, I didn't, there was nothing left in me. Mm -hmm. And, but it was because organizations were realizing that there was just only so much they could do. And by the way, with people working at home, they weren't responding to yep. a lot of the, t the traditional ways that we would Correct. pull them in. And I'm curious about what your experience was with that and how, how you as a CMO led the organization, led your organization to make any adjustments during that period of time. So, so I mean, in any, marketing role, I think, you know, one of the critical success factors is you are able to pivot regardless. But I don't think there's ever been quite the pivot like right. there was <laughs> in 2020. And 
you know, for, for us, it was about going back to basics. Um, you know, where are our customers engaging with us mm -hmm. now and what can we dial up? And surprise, surprise. And what do, how mm -hmm. do they want to hear from us now that circumstances yeah. have changed? So we did a bit of listening. You know, we did a bit of a listening tour. Um, and I think like many, we found that um, while digital became even more important by way of communication vehicle, it very quickly became saturated. Mm -hmm. And so what we tried to av avoid doing, which is what I think some people unfortunately didn't, was we didn't accelerate digital to the mm -hmm. degree where we forgot about everything yes. else. And um, because I've seen and watched peers mm -hmm. have to ratchet that back yeah. very quickly since. Um, so yes, we dialed up the likes of webinars. Yes, unfortunately, events like this had to go virtual, um, but you make it work. Um, customer events went uh, virtual. That was a strange thing. Um, social became more important to us as well as a brand. Um, but, but I can't tell you how happy I am that in-person is back. <laughs> um, and I can't tell you how happy I think the team is to know that, you know, for a company that's in the relationship business, that we're able to, 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 to get back to some fundamentals and, and rebuild that. Emphasize that human connection that matters. Perfect. For the purchase cycle. So, for sales professionals in yes. your organization, how is it? How important is it for you mm -hmm. that they are contributing to pipeline building with their own organic outreach? Hugely. So, I don't mind sharing. Um, this was one of our new endeavors um, during the pandemic. We introduced. Um, uh, our, our very own team sport that we call Shark Week. I love Shark Week. And and that was um, that was an intentional effort to bring together the various constituent parties, marketing, business development, sales, our partners even, together, united, focused on driving pipeline mm. together. We put them in teams, we pitted them against one another, we had prizes throughout the day, we had prizes at the end of the week, we had top team prizes, individual prizes, because, you know, salespeople like to win. Um, and it really has been transformational in introducing a DNA into our culture for outbound mm. prospecting that we just did not have. We talked about it, but I think if I was honest with myself, we talked a good game. And it was only when we introduced a fun, competitive team approach to prospecting where everybody had skin mm. in the game, have we really started to see material difference in the results. And this is important, and I think it's important for leaders everywhere to get. We talk about outbound prospecting, very much like we talk about putting stuff into the CRM. Like we talk about CRM yeah. to we're blue in the face, and then you look at the CRM and it's a disaster. Yeah. And, it's, and, and so your people aren't doing it. And the same thing with, with outbound prospecting. We, we started this podcast talking about how we put human beings first, people first, that, that's part of the culture, part of the DNA. I believe the same thing for outbound prospecting effort, where the entire team owns and understands the yep. value of every day, every day, every day. You're on the street, you're working opportunities, you're building pipe, you're getting into places where marketing can't get into. Totally. You're the ground force and and everything that marketing provides you, every lead that comes in is total gravy, yep. sales gravy. 
So, Funny that. Uh, but, but that's gravy. And if you see it that way, it works, but you have to build the culture. It is not going to build itself. Totally. And that's why we started with the introduction of Shark Week. You know, it was an idea that, you know, I'm super proud of one of our business development managers that he had. And it's been lovely to watch it blossom and grow over just 12 months. And, you know, for a mid-market business, it's accounted for 2 million bucks in revenue. It's wow, amazing. And it's cost us $60,000 in prize yeah. funds. I mean, yeah. the return is phenomenal. And, and the intention was exactly as you described. We needed to get it, get our engine moving in the right gear together. Um, and we needed to be working together to the same goal. Um, and we didn't do it every day. You know, um, because prospecting is hard. Mm -hmm. Outbound prospecting, as you know, it's real hard. And so we started out, we did it every other month. And then towards mm -hmm. the back end of the year, we're now doing it every month. And so now everybody knows the calendar, the, how the calendar mm -hmm. looks for Shark Weeks for this year um, and what our expectations are. And um, yeah, it's been it's been a good rally call as well, I would say, um, for the business. Don't get me wrong. There are still some, still, still some things that we're looking to tweak. And we have a session on that tomorrow here at our event. Um, to get some input and some feedback because that's also key. Yes. You know, listening is really important, you know, in any marketing or sales discipline, but particularly when it comes to outbound prospecting. And so. one of the beautiful things about a Shark Week, and pay attention, Sales Gravy, Sales and Training Team Shark Week is coming to <laughs> office near you very soon. Um, the minute you told me Shark Week, I was like, I'm all over this. <laughs> the, uh, but. But but you should also think about if you're th if you're thinking about this as an organization, when you have everybody in your company running Shark Week, like in our company, our our receptionist Trisha, and she's more than a receptionist; she's billing and yeah. she's customer experience and customer service. But she sits at our front door, so she sold over a hundred thousand dollars last year. So when you get everybody in your organization that's thinking build the pipe, build the pipe, build the pipe. It puts a lot of pressure on your competitors because suddenly their phones are ringing because you're calling, you're asking questions, they're picking up the phone, calling their competitor. So now all of a sudden your competitors have to go run to work their accounts, save their business, hold on to, so. to their, it, and they, and, but that opens the door for you to eat their lunch in other places. And, uh, and I've watched this happen in so many markets I've worked in is you put pressure on your competitor and then you go around the back door and you take their business and you are, you know, you in particular in a competitive displacement sale, usually in your deal, somebody loses if you win. So, um, so getting a mass prospecting big time for, for, uh, for competitors. Last question. Yes. Um, so you're a CMO mm -hmm. um, and you're talking to an audience of B2B sales professionals all across the world. I am. What's, what's your, what's your best from your heart advice for modern sales professionals in this market, what they should be doing to, um, to make themselves successful and do the right thing for their company and grow their careers? That's a hard question for somebody who works in marketing and who's never worked in sales. Um, so first thing, I would never pretend to know how hard sales is, right? Um, and so my advice comes from the place of the customer, um, to be honest with you. Um, and that is, at the end of the day, nobody likes being sold to, nobody. So I think, you know, your responsibility as a seller is to find a challenge, find a pain point that you know you can help solve and be that hero to that customer. Um, conversations that start with pricing or 
arrogance about I can help you when you don't understand the, the business problem. I think you've got to you got to put that to one. You've got to put that ego to one side, salespeople, um, and you've got to really identify where that pain point is and, and demonstrate clearly to that prospect or to that customer how you can help them. Um, I think when it comes to engaging your customer or potential customer, um, you know, you, you got to think multi-channel um, and multi-layer and multi-channel. And by multi-layer, I mean, you know, decision-making committees, they're getting bigger every day. So just because you've won over the CEO, the CFO, whoever it is that you, um, that you target, don't think that that's the deal, the deal is yours, right? There's a group of people that that particular individual is listening to. Make sure you're touching them too. Yes. And make sure when you do touch them and you do engage with them, that you're doing it in a way that is meaningful for them. Meet them where they are. Ask them, do you like email? I mean, it's like such a basic question that so often is overlooked, I think, in any relationship, not just a seller to a prospect or to a customer, but to their marketing team. How should we be communicating? How do you respond right. best? Um, so I would encourage um, sales to think decision maker, um, plus influencer and think about how you communicate and meet that group where they are. I think they're probably my two best pieces of advice. Don't sell, find a pain point that you can speak to confidently with a customer that's been on that journey before. And yeah, um, speak to decision maker, don't overlook the influencer because there's plenty of them um, and uh, meet them where they are. Wonderful. Claire Dorian, CMO, Sugar CRM. And if you're sick of your CRM not meeting you where you are, go check out Sugar. It's a fantastic CRM, awesome people. You won't be sorry. Get a demo, at least take a look at it. And make sure that you go check out Sales Gravy University. Go to learn.salesgravy.com, learn.salesgravy.com. Take your very first course for free, any course you want, using the code free course. We'll see you next time on the Sales Gravy Podcast. Mm -hmm.